Coaching Impact Radio, informative conversation by coaches for coaches with Frankie Dorn and Terry Hayes. Niche coaching. There are family and couples coaches, business coaches, but what about coaching the farmer? Most farms in America and abroad are family businesses, and this family dynamic can make or break that business. Today, Coach Terry sits down with Jolene Brown, certified speaker, author, and champion of all things agriculture, with a unique history and perspective on this important client base. And how are things with you today? Well, things are very, very good. Thank you very much. And I'm excited to bring Jolene Brown on the line uh, because I, I was uh, chatting with her just before we got together for the interview. And, and I was saying, even though I modestly think I'm well connected, I had never heard of agricultural coaching. So I am very interested. It almost feels like a breath of fresh air. I think I've, you know, I was getting jaded maybe and thought I knew all the niche specialties that were out there. So this is an absolute breath of fresh air for me. So Jolene, welcome to the show. And I want to start with the very first question, which is how, how in the world did you start? Where, how did you get here? Well, I've been at this for a while, Terry. I've been at uh, 30 years, not so much as a coach, but as a professional speaker, which turned into a family business consultant. Mm -hmm. And yes, we work with a lot of coaches because I'm not with them for the long haul. I'm there to give them a kick in the butt and turn them over to you who are going to make sure they get the work done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I got started in the 80s, and my work is in agriculture. Um, You know, there's 2.2 million farms and ranches in the United States, and anywhere from 96 to 90% of them are family-owned. Did you hear that? <laughs> that I know. That I I, I'm feverishly writing that down. <laughs> yeah. And so you know what that means? We've got a lot of genetics that cause a lot of problems. We've got habits and traditions and assumptions and, and all those kinds of things that happen as we get generational businesses transitioning or trying to work well together. So as I got started in speaking, it came during the 1980s when our major asset in agriculture, the land, the land value crashed. And we lost about 60% of our net worth in just a few months. Mm. So we had foreclosures, we had bankruptcies, and we had suicides. As a matter of fact, 46 suicides in my home state. So um, one of our ag groups brought up a great inspirational speaker to give us some hope. I mean, this is really desperate times here. And uh, went to the seminar with my husband. We were so excited. And yet this great speaker didn't really understand agriculture. And he left the very minute he was done. The applause hadn't even ended. And he walked out. And I thought, oh, man, that really bugged me. (laughs) So I wrote him a letter. And I said, gosh, what you do is so very good. And here's what I've learned. And if you have a chance to work in agriculture again, Here's three examples for each of your main points. Feel free to use them because, you know, we need more than hope. We need some help. And uh, then I also said, and if, could you please stay a little bit so we could ask you a question to shake your hand or to see if you're human or to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. And he wrote me about the audacity of my letter. Or excuse me, he didn't write. He called about the audacity of my letter late at night. And I explained why I wrote what I did. And I listened to him, and he listened to me. And he said, you know, I've got two more programs in agriculture coming up for this same group. I want to put you on my program so you can answer those questions, and I can still leave and catch my plane. And that's how I started, Terry. I began answering questions. 
And of course, my topics back then was extremely important, and that is how do you build an internal bank account when the external one is gone? Yeah. Yeah, and then when we got into um, ABC and CBS and NBC, uh, when there were suicides and murders taking place of desperate and depressed people, um, the national media really picked up on it, and all of a sudden, um, I found myself going down two tiers of connecting escalators after a big convention speech, and there they all were, wanting a quote. Wow. And I said, it was the day that we learned how to separate our self-worth from our net worth is the day we're going to be okay. Now, it took several years to build out of that, and a generation which has never forgotten that. And the frugalness, the fear, uh, the risk-taking, all is very much affected by your history. And one of the challenges we have right now in our generational businesses is if we don't keep those wise masters around, those veterans to teach us the lessons that agriculture truly is cycle, cyclical, um, then we've got people taking very great, great risks and we've got some challenges. So that's how I got started. I began starting first by speaking and then the phone began to ring and it ring and it would ring. That's how I started. Well, and, and I want to just take a second. I, I know that, you know, we mentioned that you actually live on a farm. So when you say we, you mean quite literally. So just give me just a quick snapshot. What, like, what, what is your farm like? Mm-hmm. Yes, I am a real farmer brown. <laughs> That's right, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I have done a number of things in the livestock and in the, in the uh, grain industry here. Uh, my husband and I are part of a family farm operation, and um, we've transitioned, so now we are the majority owners. Um, and it's grain. We raise corn and soybeans, but basically, uh, you know, my job is to bring encouragement and hope and helpful ideas to the people who feed, clothe, and fuel the world. Mm -hmm. And in agriculture, here's what I know, that they're really picky who they work with and who they want on their platforms for stages. Sure. Uh, they, they check out first your authenticity and your credibility, and they may never even look at your credentials. Now, that doesn't mean you don't need to be credentialed or have experience behind you and a good track record. But they want to know uh, not only do you understand, in my case now, family business, they want to know if you really get agriculture and can you speak their language. For sure. And since agriculture is, very, you know, from the, the clothes you wear to your dashboards of your car to packing peanuts to clothing, uh, you know, things are all connected to the people who, you know, feed and clothe and fuel the world. And so this is a huge, huge, valuable industry and they deserve some help along the way. So yes, we're a grain operation now. Uh, grew up with a lot of livestock. I grew up showing Belgian draft horses, the big work horses, mm -hmm. and uh, we also had dairy, and we also had pork production and beef production and poultry. So I've had a lot of experience, but but most of all, I, I admire and I respect, and I am one of those in agriculture. And yes, we too had to sell a farm during those 80s, so I understand what that was like. I also know that there's many things that we can do to help the people with their management and leadership skills and even the emotional side, the counseling side that needs sure. to be done in agriculture. Well, you know, in some aspects, I have to think, uh, 
I mean, two things leap out for me right off the bat. The first is, is we're talking family business. We're talking, like you said, there's generations of genetics that are involved, family histories. Uh, for the coaches that are out there and certainly the training organizations that are out there, um, that whole dynamic is, is addressed in many, many trainings. But then there's this other piece that is purely understanding the agricultural dynamic. And that's really what I find fascinating is uh, most coaches, I, I always say this because I, I teach coach training. So I always say this, nobody ever woke up one morning and said, oh gosh, that looks like an interesting business setup. I think I'll go try being a coach for a while. It just doesn't happen like that. People come to coaching um, because there's a calling. There's this piece of them that is absolutely driven to help people. And when you're talking about the people who clothe, feed, and, and take care of us, how rewarding is that for you to be there to help and support them? I mean, there's such an amazing community. Well, it, it's the value and the respect and the credibility and the authenticity all wrapped together. And mm -hmm. it's, it's extremely important to me and extremely rewarding. Uh, and I imagine I'm just like you. I absolutely love what I do. And I've always said I work with the very, very best people of the world. And what I know is that farmers and ranchers are really good people. And they want to do what's right. But since they don't know what right is, they don't do anything. And we get into one heck of a mess. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't know how to hire family members well. We don't choose the right leader. Uh, we don't understand that we have to have chart job descriptions, not paragraphs, because they won't read them. They, have, they don't understand uh, the need for a code of conduct accountability, boards of advisors, um, you know, so these are the, I actually teach 10 tools with template handouts, um, even from the platform, depending on the length of time I have. Sure. And then what happens is the phone rings, and it rings, and the emails come in. And I, I'm, I'm blessed to work with those who have a really good business, and they want to make sure nothing went through the cracks, mm -hmm. so let's get it done, and let's review. To those, and I just had a call a week ago where, um, after I listened and I learned a lot more, I said, okay, here's what I need you to do right now. I want you to go out and buy some pepper spray. I want you to put in an alarm system. I want you to get a restraining order against those two family members, and I want you to talk, call the authorities today. So, um, you know, we have all kinds of extremes in families' businesses, don't we? I'm sure, uh, yeah. And those are important I've, direct communications. Yeah, well, you know, I, did, I, I told you I'm not a coach. I'm a consultant, and I work really, really differently. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am not there for the long term, and people have to be really ready to work for me. So when I get these calls and these conversations, and we're averaging about 30 a week that come in, Wow. Um, I want them to have worked with every coach in their area, every counselor in their area, every advisor in their area, and if they're not getting their needs met or they're not doing the solutions or there's some roadblock and quite often it is credibility or authenticity mm -hmm. or they're not speaking plain English, um, then I said, you may call me. So then these phone calls come and um, they have to be ready to work with me. Uh, they, they need to, I, I love it, I want everybody mad. I really want them mad and grumpy because <laughs> I have learned only the discontent will change. Mm -hmm. And if the asset owners are happy, I'm not coming. 
That, that's actually a great meter. Uh, we talk about coachability index and um, whether people are coachable or not coachable from our kind of side of the coin. And I mean, aside from some uh, clinical pathologies that would block that, one of the things that I always say is, is, is if there's, if there's not a um, desire on the table that that person's not coachable. There has to be some really compelling, I'm not okay with this factor Otherwise, it's not going to work. So that's right in alignment with what you're talking about. Yep. And their pain level has to be high. Yeah. So, so then I, I talk with each of the main players of the family business by phone, and it's up to an hour for each of them. And there's no charge for this because I don't know if I can be of value. And then once we can be, I think I can be of value, I will send them written questions individually, and they're tailored toward based on the conversations that I've had and experiences that I have had. I get those back, and then I decide whether or not I'm even willing to work with them. Then once they say yes, uh, I, I bring my four most important tools that I find in consulting and in family business. I bring a mirror, I bring a box of tissues, I bring a roll of duct tape, and I bring a two-by-four board, and I, I'm going to use all of them. And, and after, when I come in, uh, one of the first things I will do, because usually they've already been seated, you know, and you want to start with a family meeting, and then you're going to have the owner meeting, and then the team meeting, and you end with a family meeting. This is how I'm working. So I walk in, and quite often after I've said hello, and I've, I've talked to them, each of them individually on site, usually the day before this, the meeting starts. Now we're at the meeting, and I say, I need everybody to stand up and move one chair. Move a chair to the left. And we now have the daughter-in-law and dad's chair, and they become very nervous. Mm -hmm. And I said, you brought me here because things needed to change, so we're practicing. And then I remind them, this is your business, but this is my meeting. And the agenda is very clear. Uh, I don't let them off the hook. That's why you've got the duct tape. You've got to tape them down. Mm -hmm. The mirror is because most of them want me to fix somebody else, and we have to look at who's there. Mm -hmm. And then we also have to start with what's real, not what would have been right or fair or should have or could have happened. We have to start with today. And then I have to have the tissues to deal with fear or silence or anger or emotion or tears. So you've got to deal with emotion before they'll ever get to the logic. Sure. And the, the, the two-by-four, sometimes there's no other way. you just got to let them have it. You know, when they bring me in, they've got to be ready because I speak plain English, and I've been known to say things like, you dumb butt, what made you think that would work? Right. <laughs> you know? I've been called the Dr. Phil of agriculture between a Judge Judy and a Dr. Phil. And I will tell you, Terry, there's times I don't even consider mediation. I don't mediate, I dictate. Because mm -hmm. they've tried everything else. And my whole philosophy and premise in family business is they have to make a choice, and you have to do that before I come or I'm not coming. You have to decide if you want to operate as a family-first business or a business-first family. And, and here's the difference. Uh, about 95% of every email or conversation or phone call I receive comes from people who are operating as a family-first business. Let's not rock the boat. Let's not make Dad mad. We don't want them to think we're greedy. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I hope there's a will. A buy-sell, never heard of that. And so they work on habits, traditions, assumptions. And sometimes that works out. I call that luck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The two most important questions I ask, and I think perhaps this is really applicable for your coaching too, but the two most important questions I ask, the first one is, uh, and what's your story? Because mm -hmm. everybody has a story. Mm -hmm. And the second is, so what is it you're not telling me? Mm-hmm. And that's where I get into, uh, I've been raped by my um, 
my uncle who's a farmer, but dad wants to keep him farming and so I'm supposed to get over it. Um, that's where I got my, uh, one of the, the sons has been in drug rehab twice and he's using again, but he's the major heir of my estate. And, you know, so, so that's when you get into all kinds of things. And then I also had a wonderful woman who was waiting for me after everybody had left the, the very large conference. And uh, I was packing up my things and there's still somebody sitting in the back of the room. And I went to her and I said, and what's your story? And she pulled down her turtleneck and I said, are there bruises, are those bruises on your neck? And she said, yes. Her husband had died a year earlier, um, but before her husband died, he had said to one of the family members, you know, this section of land is going to be yours. And daughter, this is what you're going to inherit. And grandson, you're going to continue the family name, so this is going to be yours. But dad died and left everything to mom. And mm. they came at her like vultures. Mm. The son had gone to an attorney, had papers drawn up, had his mother in a chokehold and said, you sign this. The wow. daughter had broken into the house and removed things. And I said to her, oh, my gosh, do you have a restraining order against your adult children? And she said, they're my kids. And I said, you know, it's not right or fair, but you're going to have to move because you're not safe there. So, you know, those are the extreme cases, as I said. The vast majority, we hold up the mirror, we make decisions. I didn't say they were going to be easy. And, they, and everybody has to like it, but they have to know where they stand. And this is all the way from the buy-sell to the will to how salaries are set uh, to how people are hired, who's going to fire them. I mean, there's all these types of things that go into coaching and consulting that we can help them along the way so they never get to those extremes. For sure. You know, it's, it's interesting. I'm listening to you and I'm, I, I know that you're really quick to identify yourself as not a coach, but I think you do a whole lot more coaching than you think you do <laughs> because, um, you're hitting every one of the key type of key questions. Yes. You as a consultant get to go stop that, <laughs> which is not something coaches generally do, but, um, but you really do have the foundational components of what makes coaching work. And that is a very direct powerful reorienting questions and a and kind of a no holds barred uh we're not going to tiptoe this is not a tiptoe zone oh they they know that with me let me give you two examples i had a call from an attorney in another state because i had worked with a family business there and he said um that one of the main members when asked the comes in he does all the book work and he was talking with him and the attorney said to me, you know, you, you got more done with them in one day than we have in five and six years. Mm -hmm. And he said, and they need you to come back again. And I said, well, I'm not coming. And he said, why? And I said, when I left, I told them that within two weeks, they're going to receive from me the written follow-up, which is usually about 20 pages. Here's what I saw going on. Based on that, if that is true, here's my recommendations. Here's the timeline, who does what. And then I say, and don't you dare call me again. <laughs> now, that's because they call me wanting me to change what I've written or to something new or, or their side of the story wasn't understood. I said, you know, you got the best of what I know, and it's right here. Now, if you have problems implementing what I told you, you may call me. And I said to the attorney, here's the difference between you and I. First of all, the man that is coming to you is the anointed leader. He's never been chosen or appointed. He was anointed. He anointed himself. And so he has no respect. And at that meeting that day, the four of them decided the only way they were going to continue is if they had hired an outside CEO 
that they would report to, even though they're four equal owners, but they're all in their late 50s, 60s, and we don't have anybody in the 40s coming in. Mm-hmm. We've got to get a new leader in here. And they haven't done that. Now, here's the difference between you and I, Mr. Attorney. You have let him come and sit at your desk four times this year. He has told you the very same story, and you have billed him billable hours for every one of those times, and he's done nothing. I told them once, if they do nothing, I'm done. Yeah, it's it's a big shift. The, the um, It's really the paradigm of it's not about um, accepting responsibility. The responsibility belongs it's sitting at your feet. It's whether you choose to pick it up or not. Like there's no, you can't say that it isn't sitting at your feet just because you don't want it to be there. It is at your feet. You need to pick it up. And I've been with many advisors who enable them to stay the way they are. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'm of not, course. I'm, I'm not one. Um, I speak plain English. I walked in where they're fighting with pitchforks in the dairy barn. Mm. Sometimes I can't get them in the same table. Uh, I've also walked in where we have the very best of intent, but we have one person harboring the secret who's going to bring the business down. But I found out the secret. One of the last one of the last consultations that I did, the first thing that uh, you know, and I, I talked to, the, I have the permission to talk to their key advisors or main employees, or I don't show up either. You have to give me permission to talk to them if I feel I need to. So I had done my homework, and the first thing I did was I called one of the main owners. And I called one of the nephew-in-laws who was hired by the business. I called them together and I said, are you two still having your affair? I just need to know. And, and, and then a pin drops. <laughs> and it's like, well, who told you? And I said, well, I know this. I just want, and so does everybody else, you know. You, you really thought you hid this? <laughs> I just want to know how you can still expect to hire someone that he gets married to your niece and she's in the business that we can even talk about business stuff. Yeah. Is it any wonder, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, it, it, it's fascinating. But so that's what, what is it you're not telling me um, can bring down the business or people have you come in with the intent. We're going to work on succession plan and transitioning and fair and equal and buy sell agreements. And yet we have one of the key players who says, no, it's not going to transition. I want my money out in the buy-sell. I can do that. Matter of fact, because the way we're structured, we have to dissolve this if any one of us wants out. But he's never told them that. He's waiting for this meeting for the pin to drop. Yeah. And so I said to them, you know, how are decisions made here? And that, well, we all kind of, we just agree. And I said, well, what happens if you don't? I said, let's get out your bylaws. But I had already talked to the attorney, and I knew they had their articles of incorporation, but they never adopted bylaws. And I said, oh, yeah, you have them. The state of Minnesota has 464 pages of bylaws for you, and that's how you have to operate. So I'm calling this meeting to order. Let's begin. Yeah, it's a big shift. Let, you know, here's what I'm, I want to kind of transition to, and we're going to come back to this right after our break. But what I want to transition to is for all the coaches out there who who actually are feeling, kind of maybe they'll hear this, they're feeling a calling to coaching in the agricultural family business realm. Um, I want to get your insight on that, some, some advice that you could level out to them. But let's do it right as we come back from our break. We'll be right back. Coaching Impact Radio is brought to you by Impact Coaching Academy, offering life coach training and certification in over 20 specialty categories, life, business, couples, 
health and wellness, and more. Courses can be completed as self-paced study, live teleclasses, or in-person intensives. Just like our radio program, Impact Coaching Academy is by coaches, for coaches. Sign up now for your free membership and receive over 30 hours of training and programming worth thousands of dollars, yours to listen to and enjoy, absolutely free. Then set your own path for growth with courses that are starting soon. Check the calendar to see the current offerings. Impact Coaching Academy. Be a part of the impact at impactcoachingacademy.com. Okay, and we're back. And my question right before the break, really leading into sort of speaking to our audience and the coaches out there that that want to help, that want to they want to be part of this world, this agricultural world. What advice do you have for them? What tips can you kind of push them towards? What do they need to know? Wow, um, I told you when I started this whole conversation, they look for authenticity. And, and they're looking for that you understand them, their credibility. Mm-hmm. They really don't care whether you're a certified coach or not. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that's not extremely important. Sure, sure. But I will tell you, they have two basic needs. And if you can solve their problems, <laughs> they're very interested in what it is you have to do, if you are credible and if you are authentic. Um, but but so, so the, the two needs are very, very simple. Right now, it's the succession and transition planning. Um, you know, when we have the age of the landholders that we have, and a very high percentage of that major asset is going to transition to someone, um, we're, we, we have to really help them with that. So that is a very basic need, and that is, needs to be done. Uh, there's a lot that has to be done before you ever go to the attorney and the uh, accountant because that part's easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's just you give them directions. <laughs> it's what do you want to do. Uh, when do you plan to do it? During your lifetime, or is it at the reading of the will? Surprise, and with whom? See, I've got to have answers to those three questions. So, if you have uh, your coaches can understand if they really are good at succession and transition, uh, transition planning, not a, not the estate work and not the um, uh, accounting part of it, then that is a basic need. So, perhaps our coaches are strong in that. Mm, the good. other thing that they need to understand is we have the absolute best producers in the world. They are so good at weeds and seeds and breeds and feeds and money and marketing. But they are so busy doing that work, and it is so consuming, and the education to do that work is so demanding that they forget it's the people that do the production. And I am just like a lot of the people I work with. The more I have to work with people, the more I like pigs. If I don't like that, oh, I'm going to send it to market. Yep. Can't do that with a mom or dad or an in-law or a cousin or an uncle or a grandma or grandpa. And so we are in the people business. If your coaches can relate the people to the production, you will get in. So you're going to come in, and as you work with them, you're going to talk about the weather. This is extremely important. Mother Nature is our trumps everything we do. Yep, always. And you're going to be, you need to know a little about the global economy because the strong dollar is bringing our market values down. We're about a third of the income of what we had a year ago. You need to understand the industry because they approach people through production. And this is why authenticity and credibility is key. 
It's it's so important. And I think that it really is, like you said, I mean, there's two, 2.2 million people farms. That is such a huge percentage that's, of that, our core infrastructure. That's the farmers and the ranchers. Yeah. And, and if you would figure that 96, and this is the 2012 census, that's the most recent we have in agriculture. Mm-hmm. Uh, 96 to 97% are family owned. And I will tell you, the other big part of my work, Terry, is the advocacy or advocacy. Uh, because there's a world out there that doesn't understand the people of agriculture and they determine whether or not we can farm a ranch. Yes. They do the EPA, the USDA, the rules, the regulations, the propositions. Um, they decide our, you know, whether or not we can farm. And what I know is that three times a day, every day, you need a farmer. Yes. And we kind of, we, we, have, we have lost our value and we've lost our our trust. I wish they knew that farmers and ranchers really care about the land and they care about the livestock and the animals and what it is they do. And they're not there to rape the soil and they're not there to murder or to, to hurt or to not take care of things. And I just said to, uh, I did a newspaper interview this morning, or uh, um, a Skype interview this morning, and I said, you know, I've had thousands of visitors on our farm and ranch, because I speak all across North America and countries beyond, a lot in Australia, New Zealand, and other countries as well. Mm-hmm. And I've had thousands of visitors, but never once has come when it's minus 20 below. <laughs> no, no one has come when there's a blizzard. No one has come when the waters is frozen and we're trying to keep animals alive. Nobody has come when the heat index is 110 we're trying to put our hay into the barn or to take care of our crop. No one has come when we have just been hailed out or the tornado that just went through. And yet they want food, they want it low cost, and they want it safe. And American farmers provide both of those. Yeah, that's a very poignant piece. You know, I thought this morning, I was just watching the news this morning about the the freak snow in uh, North Dakota, I think it was. Yep. And, you know, you see them out there plowing. and, And all I could think is how devastating that is. Here you think springs upon you and things are starting to blossom and bloom and planting and Never mind, you know it's like mm-hmm. how how much is lost. I mean, it's almost it, you think about it. You know, South Dakota had uh, tornadoes, whole neighborhoods decimated. There's you know people missing, injuries, death, etc. And I think to myself, you know, you would look at it and go, "Oh, snow. It's just snow." No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's equally as damaging, just in a very different way. Mm-hmm. And and so. Uh... A lot of my work, when I am and I'm a professional speaker, so I quite often I will do a, a keynote to open or close a conference, or I will do a celebration laughter event after a meal or banquet. But I'm always doing a general session workshop as well. And the workshop is quite often the top ten mistakes that break up a family business or stop the fighting on the way to the funeral home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? or, or it may be the balancing act because farmers are so very good at balancing nutrition and agronomy and soils, and they're good at their checkbooks and their equipment and tires, but they don't balance themselves. And then we get worn out, burnt out, stressed out, where the hamster on the wheel, wondering why the next generation doesn't want to jump on the same wheel and get burnt out, burnt out stressed out with us. Right, and, and wind up with health conditions that are off the charts because we've neglected ourselves for so long. Mm-hmm. And so those are the kinds of workshops that I do. But I think you, you know, too, that whenever you write something or even through this podcast, your phone rings. 
-hmm. And quite often I'm on the road from the middle of November, well, I'll start the 5th of November this next year. I'll take a little break at our Thanksgiving and a little break at Christmas, and the next time I surface is April 1st. Now I'll touch base in between there, but that is nonstop talking to the people of agriculture because that's when they meet. Right. And then my office manager is back here. She'll say, 18 phone calls today, Jolene. This one I think is crisis. You better call them from the road. This one I'm not so sure about. Please check in. This, you know, right. <laughs> um, because they are so hungry for not just hope and not just placating and not just understanding. They want help. Yeah. People of agriculture are doers. And, and I, and, I had a phone call two days ago, and the thing was they said, well, that was pretty blunt. And I said, so what is it that I said is inaccurate? And the husband and wife were quiet on the phone, and they said, well, we kind of heard the same thing from our attorney, but he never really put it that plainly. Well, I will tell you, they hear a lot of things from coaches and consultants who are not that plain. I don't care if people like me. I will tell you the very vast majority do, but I don't care if they like me, and I don't care if they agree with me. But when I leave, they're not sitting on the fence anymore. Yeah, exactly. And 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 speaking of that, I mean, we we're we're kind of heading into our last couple of minutes here. I want to make sure that people know how to get a hold of you. Where can they find you? Really, what is it that they can connect with you for as far as your offerings? Let's make sure we get that in, and then we'll take mm -hmm. a, a final thought. So, mm -hmm. how do we find you? Well, one of the things that I, I put together was a very picture-based tips book on family business called Sometimes It Takes More Than a Two-by-Four. Mm -hmm. and, and that's based on my mirror, tissues, duct tape, and two-by-four that we have as tools. And so that book is called Sometimes It Takes More Than a Two-by-Four. And then I also have the DVD series called If We Huff and Puff, Will We Blow Your House Down? And that's based on the three little pigs and how the third one did it right. So I talk about the bricks and mortar you better have in, in your foundation mm -hmm. to, be a, to earn the right to be a legacy business. So everything is available on my website, which is just Jolene, J-O-L-E-N-E, JoleneBrown.com. Absolutely. And and I would I just can't imagine that you're not probably set up for uh, the rest of your life doing this because the need is so great. Uh, you don't get to retire. I think everybody voted and you're not going to get to. So. <laughs> well, and it's like you, you don't retire, you refire. Exactly. And because you and I, we have a certain basis of training and we've, we're working with certain types of generations or certain types of needs. Well, those generations and needs are going to change, but are we? Yeah. You know, we're telling them to change, but have we changed? Yeah, it's, you know, there's this, uh, there's this lifelong learner pact that I think coaches, consultants, and, and people who really help people, I think we've all signed this. It's part, it's a secret uh, handshake code, part of our training. We're just all lifelong learners. And I think that, that it's important we stay that way. And I, I'm asking us to be the lifelong doers. Yes. Um, the next thing that they will ask you with your authenticity and credibility is, well, tell me about your family business. Mm-hmm. It's the and truth. Tell, tell me about your succession plan. And I will tell you, I just said to another speaker this winter, I said, you know, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> he kind of looked at me and I said, you and I know, and we teach, and I teach, the number one job of a leader is to replace him or herself. Mm -hmm. And I said, I have no one to replace me. I have coaches. I have counselors. I have yet to meet somebody who's willing to be a road warrior, which is what it takes, 
um, you know, if you're going to be on the road and do this, uh, you've got to be able to make sure you keep your health and your family and your priorities in line, but you're on the road. And the second thing you have to do is that you better be modeling what it is you teach. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting because this is one of those things I think uh, coaches really struggle with uh, and some consultants do as well is the, the, the quote unquote fraud factors. They feel like, oh, I'm supposed to have it a hundred percent together before I go out. And I'm like, no, you, you just need to be well on the way with a high commitment to stay the journey doesn't mean you already have every little piece together. You're, you're still a work in progress, but, you know, this is actually going to help you get there. Go. <laughs> Send your people to my video. I do a video blog and written blog twice a month for a website called pinktractor.com. Pink is the color, pinktractor.com. This is for women in egg. And the one I had just looked up today and referred somebody to is when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yes. You see, one of the benefits of what I do, Terry, is I am in a classroom November through April every year with thousands and thousands of teachers. Yes. And not only do I share with them through my workshops, it's the, it's the questions I get, it's the phone calls that I get, it's what they say during break. I, I got into the elevator last December after an event. It was 1 in the morning, finally got done with all the questions. I thought I was going to do the banquet speech and be done, but I had done family business that day. So I finally am into an elevator, and here comes this elderly man. He'd been up waiting for me, and he said, I know you're on your way to your room, but I just have one more question. Do we have to treat all of our grandchildren the same in our will? And I said, is grandma up? Uh -huh. <laughs> yes. I said, let's go to your room. We're not done yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how, much, how much beyond the hour or two that you're actually with them um, go into that hour or two that you're with them? Mm -hmm. And they, I just had a call this morning to come into an event. It's for the, the um, uh, American bankers for their national meeting. And it's in October. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not available in October. And she said, are you already booked? And I said, yes, I'm in a combine, not in an airplane. <laughs> because I've learned a long time ago that if I don't take the month of October off, I would not be married. I'm a farmer. Yeah. Again, the, the family, the business first family or the family first business, you got to know where the pieces fit. Yeah, and I'm honoring the family. I'm honoring my marriage by doing the business right. And that means my speaking business. Right. You know, one of the greatest gifts in life, and I've been married 43 years. Congratulations. That, thank you. Is that my husband has never said you cannot do what God gave you the gifts to do and what you love to do and to meet the needs you do. But he has said to me, what are your priorities? Very nice. He's a coach. Look out. <laughs> yeah. I go, Dang, don't you hate it when they're right? Yeah. What happened there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm supposed to tell you. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, hold on. I, I hate it when that stuff comes back at you. <laughs> but, but don't we love what we do? Aren't we, do. we blessed to be able to do what we do? And um, as I said, I'm so blessed to be not just only the teacher, but a student. But I'm also one who will hold people to account. That's beautiful. It's a great place for us to end on for today. So thank you so much, Jolene, for being with us. And, and I do have to say, I am I am completely down with uh, the, you and I have a little kindred spirit story. I have to tell you this is in closing here. My daughter 
uh, when she met her her husband, she came home to me and she, she said, Mom, I, I think I found somebody I'm really genuinely interested in. She told me all about him. And I said, well, what's his what's his last name? And she said, well, this is what's funny is I actually don't know his last name. And my daughter has this gigantic, she's Catherine Elizabeth, you know, and she's this big first name. And she goes, you watch. It's going to be something either really huge or like brown. <laughs> it it was brown. There you go. <laughs> and well, so, maybe my maybe my dad got around. You never yeah, know. and so and so now so now we are we are kindred browns. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, folks, thank you so much. Be sure to stop by and check out everything Jolene is up to, jolenebrown.com, J-O-L-E-N-E-B-R-O-W-N.com. Also check her out at pinktractor.com. And for all you coaches that have an interest in agricultural coaching, uh, I think we've definitely made the case for, for what's ahead of you, why it's so important, and how there's just an amazing opportunity for you to do good. So with that, we'll wrap up for today. Thank you for joining us today. There's more exciting conversation by coaches for coaches one week from today with Frankie Dorn and Terry Hayes. Coaching Impact Radio is brought to you by Impact Coaching Academy. Experience ICA with over 30 hours of complimentary materials, then chart your own specific training plan at impactcoachingacademy.com. And of course, join us and access the growing archive of programs at coachingimpactradio.com. Join us next week, same time and place, as we continue the coaching conversation. I'm Vince Hayes. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye, everyone.